conversation of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune into Brad and Brit. It is the Brad and Brit cast, our final one for this week. Thank you so much for joining us here. As always, live you know, on the Facebook or the the uh, YouTube and uh, all the uh, other associated networks. And uh, a big shout out to the Armed Forces Network, which has now uh, picked us up. They dropped the Casey Kasem American Top 40 in favor of us, which, uh, you know, there's only room for so much great entertainment for our troops. Do you know what that dipshit was, uh, dipshit McGee, the guy in the White House for about another 35 days or so, you know what he was really uh, touting today? He was retweeting or reposting something from the right network, I think it's called, the right news network. They were um, covering the Mike Pence rally in Georgia, and the president signal boosted. See, that's a that's a millennial phrase. He signal boosted something called the Right News Network. And, of course, they were kissing the ass of Mike Lindell of MyPillow.com. Go to MyPillow.com, put in the promo code INSURRECTION, get 20% off. Well, they were running that on Fox. Were they? Well, yeah, he, he didn't. He, he didn't have to. He, to, he wasn't. He doesn't tired. watch. He, right, he, he doesn't watch Fox. them anymore. Right. He right, hates right, Fox. Right. Fox fucked him in twenty twenty. That's the narrative, right? Right. Right. All right. So since since we're, we're going to uh, deal now in a lot of minutia and 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 trivia here before we we uh, do say goodbye to to Trump, I want to go back to uh, uh, what happened yesterday because again, you know, these these are all recurring themes mm-hmm. that we we have to either update or. Um, uh, figure out whether they that they still mean anything, and uh, one of the ones is who said this often. You know, he distracts the tweets, the lies, the bullshit. But below the surface, he's doing so. He is termites. He is termites to the body politic of the United States. I mean, he he's been eaten away. At all kinds of things, leaving uh, Joe Biden with the uh, largest home repair bill possibly in American history. You know, the guy who complained that everything was terrible when I came in. Obama, no military, worst economy ever. And only I can fix it. Well, of course, what's the truth? He's the one who is leaving an economy in shambles. Mm. He's the one who... Uh, has left the back door open so that uh, all of our secrets, military and otherwise, are now in the hands of Vladimir Putin, who uh, apparently took a few minutes out on on, on Wednesday to do his annual press conference. We'll talk about that in a second here. But all these little things, all the the regulations and the judges and the – I mean, that isn't forever – but it's for a long time. However, this bullshit with the water that he and, and by the way, there is a great, great medley, a great uh, uh, clip job of Trump about 25 times over the, the last four years talking about low flow showers and you got to flush the toilet 15 <laughs> times yeah, I'll and, and, and all this crazy stuff. And so um, uh, on on Wednesday, uh, it finally happened. Uh, they have officially relaxed the regulation that restricts water flow from your shower head. This is a pet peeve of Trump. Now, we don't want to even think about why that's a pet peeve of Donald Trump. 
And and I don't want to think about why he's obsessed with flushing the toilet, which, by the way, is one of the great old Bill Cosby routines, right? It is, do, yes. Do you, do you remember he he had a ta 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 ta? Remember that one? <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. Um, and uh, a, a guy who you know has never ever ever in his life touched a washing machine, a Maytag, or a, a, a Westinghouse, a Whirlpool. Or, a whirlpool or a speed yeah. queen, but, but, but he was obsessed with having the regulations on uh, the amount of water that washers can use. He wants that one lifted, and um, that's going to be uh, 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 about a, a what about a forty day executive order because that'll immediately get reversed. But of all the things in our life. That did not need to be fucked with. And that's also the uh, light bulb regulations that, that, sure. that make light bulbs use like one sure. fiftieth of the amount of energy that they what use. What a battle to. that was. Oh, my the, God, the, what the, a battle the, that was. These these are all completely 100 percent sensible things that private industry, that Absolutely. the ingenuity of, of, of engineers all around the world, they have adjusted to it and everything is better. Would you rather buy a house? that was engineered and built in 2020 or 1956. Well, if you're Donald Trump, you want it 1956, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the rest of us, we like the way things are. Uh, Washing machines are way more efficient, and they clean the clothes better. And, and, you know, I don't know about you, but uh, it hasn't been more than uh, three or four times that I've had to flush 15 times. What about you? Well, I wasn't eating the amount of, I, I think what you were alluding to was the amount of fast food that might go through his colon. Right. That might be right. The, the real issue here, right? Right, right, right. It, but, but, but this is just crazy shit. This is just mm. just destructive, termite kind of of stuff. And, and I'm wondering what special interest group would be behind some of these Moves because you always want to think. Well, yeah, maybe the uh, uh, the manufacturers of washing machines have thought. Well, we've got our guy in the White House now. We can go back to building really shitty water wasting. And that that's not going to happen. It didn't happen. So I think this these are all of his personal. This is just him. Mm-hmm. I I don't think there's a a uh, uh, a high use. Uh, showerhead lobby out there demanding that uh, that, that every it, it, this it, it, this one drives me crazy. And he said it over and over and over again throughout the four years. And the fans at his rallies, they loved it. This was the greatest thing ever. This was liberation, right? This was liberation from the onerous you can't tell me how to run my life, Barack Obama. And by the way, the, the uh, light bulb regulator from the Bush administration. Right? Exactly. I remember that was a well, that was a huge deal. I remember being on talk radio and talking about that, yeah. how that was such a, a, an attack on the American way of life. Right. To go to to those the, the, the new kind of light bulbs that were more energy efficient and how people were stockpiling the old granddaddy's light bulbs. You remember this? Yeah, that was happening. People would try to buy them up as much as possible as an in your face to liberals owning the libs. Right. The Energy Department issues this week a ruling that sets no limits on energy or water use for new washers and dryers 
in their normal setting. Why? Why? And, and it, this is not what our troops are fighting for. No, this is not, not about freedom. This is not why uh, uh, blood has been shed in multiple wars for 200 plus years to, to, to allow us to waste whatever precious resources we have left on this earth. Okay. Uh, uh, it, it, it's, I, I know it's not a big deal, but it kind of is a big deal. It is it's in just, a way. It, it's very emblematic. It is. It, it, it's very emblematic in its own way. I'm done. I, that, that's all I got to well, say. And I think it. this goes back to the, the fuel economy standards, which he tried to roll back. And then I think the, the manufacturers in America ended up going with California on that, didn't they? In the yeah. end. Yeah. I mean, because he was so weakened by it. And he, they realized the right thing to do was to go with those fuel economy standards that California had set. So it, it's it's not good. I mean, he's he's so impotent right now there is no there's nothing that he's got going on right now right now with that in mind uh we have a north carolinian joining the uh, joe biden cabinet he's the guy this is uh uh michael regan right e-g-a-n 44 years old right right uh he's uh african-american yeah uh this is a major nod to the progressives that pushed joe's uh, 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 brain to uh, put more minority and uh, uh, poor communities at the forefront because uh, they happen to always seem to live near the toxic waste dumps in every city. They're it's, the ones that get they're the ones that get fucked over by the coal ash in North Carolina. And so apparently, he had something to, he had something to do with cleaning all that up. So that's a right. good thing, right? So there there you go. So we we've got at least a. Uh, We've got at least uh, one North Carolinian uh, going up to Washington there. I would would say that this will be uh, a a big red flag for people like Duke Energy, ethically challenged companies like Duke Energy. They're going to be pissed off about this guy. And a lot of companies are going to feel like they're going to freak out. And then we're going to start the, oh, my God, they're going to overregulate. They're going to kill American business. You know, there's going to be a lot of that, I would say. Wouldn't wouldn't you say that that's going to be the deal? Yeah. I mean, uh, it just uh, uh, I I think. That the choices, if you can put aside your, oh, my God, these are all the leftovers from Obama. Who do you think he's going to where do you think he's going to get people? If it, if it isn't experienced people yeah. in a lot of positions who were, you know, Obama's only been out of office for four years. All, all these people aren't from um, the, the Johnson administration. Okay, no. they're, they're they're not over the hill people that weren't necessarily uh, done with their public careers. I'm fine with it. It's not our fault that when Donald Trump took office, not one fucking person in the uh, the last few Republican administrations. And that would be George W. Bush and then uh, Bush's father. Not one of them, except at the very end, Bill fucking Barr uh, would, exactly. would, uh, would, would come forward and want to have anything to do with Donald Trump. Because had he uh, brought in a bunch of George W. Bush people, which he wasn't going to, because that would be a victory for George W. Bush. Right. And he hates the Bush. If, if so that has nothing to do with the fact that the the uh, Barack Obama bench, the coaching tree, is pretty extensive. When you're in there for eight years, right, uh, uh-huh. you, you you have a lot of uh, uh, talent. For, so, so putting that aside, I think that the Biden's um, uh, selection um, so far has been 
uh, really, really pretty good. I understand there's not an Asian American. I mean, I mean, he's getting nitpicked by the by the far left. It's not. There, over. There, there has to no. There has to be every I know. group represented, and it's not going to happen. So. It's going to, but there's going to be. You know, it's not over. And just because you don't have a cabinet position doesn't mean you don't have some influence in the White House, and not, you're not going to be on the national security team, and you're not going to be at the highest levels of the FBI. Everybody just relax. But how this? You know, you would think that Joe Biden has picked the best people, Brad. But of course, this country is raging, particularly through the hand-wringing of the liberal elites. Some advisors close to President-elect Joe Biden are frustrated over a Glamour magazine interview in which incoming White House Deputy Chief of Staff Jen O'Malley-Dillon referred to Republicans on Capitol Hill as, quote-unquote, fuckers. Not sure if you're familiar with this controversy, Brad, but it has a lot of people thinking that Joe Biden is not doing the right thing and trying to unite this country when he has a Deputy Chief of Staff who refers to Republicans as fuckers. Now, this has become uh, a major uh, hand wringer over the past 24 hours. I, I understand that. Now, uh, if I'm correct on this, uh, wasn't she quoting one person somewhere in the clouds having said that, right? It wasn't that she, it wasn't her word. She was, which I understand in the world in which we live, that that doesn't matter. I I understand that. And uh, this is deplorables times a thousand. And uh, therefore, Joe Biden, if he doesn't resign, uh, must fire her and must discipline her. Because, uh, you know, during the, uh, the past four years, uh, you never had anybody taking uh, personal shots at anyone ever and labeling anyone as anything and and again this is nothing let let's move on let's move <laughs> let's move on let's move on to the drug the drug issue at UNC and uh a uh, duke because finally we figured out a way for these two schools to together. cooperate with each other to yeah. be on the same team to not be opposing each other i mean this looks like a, a fairly big deal, don't you think? Nearly two dozen people, including current and former students at UNC Duke and, of course, Appalachian State, have been charged in connection with the investigation of a large-scale drug ring. Local and law enforcement officials announcing on Thursday, that's today as we record, many of the 21 people, this will shock you, were involved with fraternities and sororities, Brad. Phi Gamma Delta, Kappa Sigma, and Beta Thi Pi fraternal organizations. The investigation is continuing and more charges are possible Thursday's news conference was helped to save lives. <laughs> Said, does, does anybody actually believe that? Said Matthew G.T. Martin, U.S. attorney for the Middle District of North Carolina, who was joined in a news conference by Orange County Sheriff Charles Blackwood and other law enforcement officials. I, I certainly think that we're very, you know, the war on drugs should certainly continue because it's been so successful. We've had a lot of victories. But even during a pandemic, Brad, I don't know if this looks like more than, than window dressing. At this point in time, you don't want the kids to do the hard drugs and kill themselves, but their lives have been upended. The economy is shit. They're not going to get jobs for a while. Let them do some drugs. Let them smoke some weed, for God's sakes, is what I say. What, what is your take on this? Well, my take is uh, usually if you're at Duke or uh, Carolina, <clears throat> you look down your nose at places like Appalachian State. You do. But these, these kids in the ACC said – Hey, Appalachian State, do you have anybody that wants to get into the drug trade? And they, they welcome a, a couple of Appalachian State uh, uh, young folks. And, and I think they're, they're to be commended for that, don't you? Well, because the, the people at UNC and Duke are not stupid. They know where the good drugs are, and they are in Boone, North Carolina at Appalachian State University. So, yes, even in a pandemic, it, it allows for some incredible 
extreme behavior. Yes, the Appalachian was finally allowed to play a home game in the Atlantic Coast Conference. So, yeah, come on down. You can play with us, and now everybody gets busted. I, I don't know. This seems like window dressing, and everybody just kind of feels good and pats themselves on their back, and we've gotten the drugs off of the street. And I'm, I, I'm all for that. I'm, I'm just very cynical about this entire thing. The, the real problem in America is not the drug dealers and the guys in the fraternities and sororities. It's the guys wearing the $7,000 suits that work at CEO, as CEOs for pharmaceutical companies that are peddling pills into you know Appalachian towns of 5,000, and they're throwing 100,000 pills at a time in those places. That's the real drug problem in America, in my opinion. But again, I may be just another other liberal elite, Brad. No, I think you're just being stupid because you can you can walk and chew gum at the same time. In fact, the Sackler family is being uh, hauled in front of a Good. congressional committee today. To Good. you know, that's the OxyContin folks. So uh, that would be the, the the most egregious example of what you were just talking about. So you can you know you can try to hold those people for a, account, although you know they're technically getting away with it as you know exactly um but uh th- th- that doesn't mean that uh if, if you have a couple uh, fraternities that are uh in the uh, large scale distribution <laughs> of all kinds of shit that uh you look the other way because we're in a pandemic and uh you want to make a, a a flippant remark that why you're, you're doing what about when when you say well you have to look the other way because uh, i mean you can't let that stand. It, it, I guess, I mean, it's, it's, it sounds like these guys, they were doing it for years. So it I'd like, like to know, we want to, we want to know more. We want to know how much money was involved. We want to know, I mean, this isn't just some guy, uh, uh, selling somebody, a uh, uh, you know, a $20, uh, uh, a bag of, uh, of weed or I mean, it isn't like that. Obviously it's, it's more than that. The Which, headline, the, the story on Politico is everything's great. GOP ditches election postmortems. You recall after that 2012 election where Mitt Romney lost by 5 million votes, there was a 100-page RNC autopsy report. I don't think they followed any of the instructions in that. But Donald Trump lost by 7 million, and there isn't a peep. I don't think that there's any chance for any kind of constructive uh, criticism or reflection because they still continue to perpetuate the fraud and your idea and your postulation that Ron Johnson, the senator from Wisconsin, is the biggest asshole of them all, I think that was really forwarded yesterday with those sham hearings in the United States Senate, whatever committee that was. I, I don't know well, if that was judiciary or what it was, but it was dreadful. Because, because the, uh, this isn't 2012. Yeah. And um, uh, uh, Trump did not lose the same way Mitt Romney lost no. at all. I mean, the, the, the loss by uh, uh, Donald Trump, was a personal repudiation of Donald Trump. It was not a repudiation of Trumpism, and uh, that's why the uh, Republicans picked up seats all over the country. They flipped back some of the uh, districts that were were flipped in 2018, and I think uh, you'd be the first to admit, and I'll be the second one, or I'll go first, you go second. We didn't see this coming. We did not see this coming, and the conventional wisdom, which we went along with, was that not only was Trump, if he was going to lose, was going to lose big, but he would uh, uh, carry with him down into the toilet several more congressional districts in the suburbs of Philadelphia and Charlotte and Pittsburgh and Milwaukee, and, and, and that would ha- and that did not happen. So therefore, there is no autopsy to be had at that level. It's not the same. 
But the problem is you've got the uh, the biggest orange tar baby ever attached attached to you um, 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 forever now. And, um, you know, everybody that runs for for office, although I guess the way the Republicans are going to start running for office all over the country is the way they're doing it down in Georgia for Senate. They are never going to uh, subject themselves to hard questions. They're going to avoid press conferences. They're going to avoid debates whenever they can, because they're going to be continually asked, especially the 126 people who signed on to the, the the Texas lawsuit the other day, last week in the House, and most of them are still around. Uh, they're going to they're going to be asked as as time goes forward. You know, are you with Donald Trump or are you with the United States of America? Are you with democracy or are you with Trumpism? And uh, they don't want to ever have to answer that because if they say, well, of course I'm for democracy, well then you're attacking Donald Trump, and they've painted themselves into that corner. And uh, they got away with it in 2020, uh, right below the level of the presidency. They got away with it. People like that, Britt. A lot of people like what Donald Trump did, but they don't like Donald Trump. They did get Trump fatigue, but they didn't get Trumpism fatigue as of yet uh, on, on, a, on a mass scale. 70 million people voted for the guy. And, uh, you know, l- let's just say that, that the base of Donald is half of that. Okay. And the other people said, well, I don't want to, I don't want socialism or something stupid like that. Or, you know, they, something they felt really stupid. Something really stupid. It's like Tourette. that. It's just Tourette's. Whoops. Right. Whoops. right. So, so Trump did not take the party down with him electorally uh, last month. He didn't take them down electorally. I mean, he, he's taken them down in so many other ways and he's, He's trying to destroy the country in so many ways. I mean, he's he's leaving bombs and under everybody's desk as as he leaves here. Um, but you know, we got a problem. We've got a problem in this country, and um, I don't know how we get out of it. It's not easy. Well, this is great to see how the loyal foot soldiers of Donald Trump are being paid back. You see that Roger Stone is threatening to to challenge Marco Rubio in the Republican primary in the Senate in two years. You have seen this, right? No, (laughs) threatening. What what is that? That 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 sounds like he's on your again. He's he's on your new favorite platform, Parlay, Brad, talking about it. He says that uh, he's been uh, a growing number of people have have wanted me to challenge Marco Rubio. And I don't know who the heck that yeah, is. By, by the way, that's a, that's Roger Stern's, Stone's version of people are saying people are a, saying a, a growing number of people are telling you. Yeah, people say uh, Stone wrote on Parlay, which, again, I know that you're what is, what is your account? Go fuck yourself. Trump 2020. Is that how you follow you on Parlay? Where is Marco indeed? A growing number of Florida Republicans are urging me to challenge Marco Rubio in the Republican primary. That's yeah. what he wrote on, on Parlay. Yeah. Are you going to sign up for a Parlay account just to troll these people? That seems to be what Man, a lot of folks are doing I, right I now. I got to stop you from reading all this shit. Because <laughs> this, this is the problem. We're not going to talk about what they're saying about uh, for the next four years. Well, we're not the, doing it. To the extent. We're, we're not wait a minute. It. But wait a minute. To the extent that people like. Marco Rubio and Rand Paul and Lindsey Graham carried water for this man, for Donald Trump, for four years and excused everything, did backflips. And now they're going to get they're going to get taken right up the ass time and time again by guys because they didn't go far enough. Marco Rubio is not at the stop the steal rallies. They're putting where is Marco? So 
for, to the extent that these people have to deal with the Roger Stones of the world and the Alex Joneses of the world and the Ben Fergusons of the world and all of those people, I think that's hilarious because that's that is you. This is exactly what you're you've reaping what you're sown. You excused every behavior by this asshole for years, and now it turns out you could never do enough for this man. There's not enough for you to do for for Donald Trump. There's just no possible way. So yes, you're going to have a barrage of bullshit thrown at you for years as your payment for standing up for this guy. And that's the part that I think is interesting and fun. I can't disagree with that. <laughs> you love that. But you got to love but that I, part. But it, 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 it's, it's not fun. It's just pathetic. Well, in it, a way. It's, it's just pathetic because, uh, uh, again, uh, you and I, uh, neither of us, uh, were Phi Beta Kappa. No. Um and neither were the uh, 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 what is it seventy eight million people that didn't vote for for Donald Trump this time, um, and we've seen it forever. We've known what he is, and so many people that voted for him also know what he is, but they liked it. That's the problem, hmm. and 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 that's where you know we have shit that's going to just just follow us for years and years maybe maybe decades and and, and i'll uh, bring up one of your favorite subjects the uh, never-ending number of trumps in the pipeline uh, who who by the way will not be able to get honest work right how there's, can there's they? So, so so all they can do is politics right he has made he's made politics the trump family mm-hmm. business because who's going to really want to do business with them? And I understand that my pillow guy has great ideas. That my pillow guy wants to be the official pillow provider for uh, Trump International Hotels or something stupid like that. But uh, probably Donald Trump isn't even stupid enough to do that. The, okay, he's a bad businessman. And by the way, did you see I posted a piece, um, and this is uh, via The uh, Guardian. They're finally going to blow up what's left of the last Trump casino in Atlantic City. It's in complete disrepair right now. It it looks like a blown out Hulk that you see in in uh, Syria. And uh, they've been dismembering it for a couple of years. And finally, they're going to blow it up. And they've had a contest, an auction on who gets to push the button to blow it up. And it's about eight or nine days after uh, Trump leaves office, it's it, is that beautiful? Is that is that the most metaphorically perfect thing to ever happen? That, that uh, eight or nine days after he's gone, they blow up the last vestiges of uh, the the uh, I think is it the Taj Mahal? It's one of those. Whatever's left, it says Trump on it. It is. It's the it's the Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino. God. And it says it's going to benefit the Boys and Girls Club of Atlantic City. And the mayor hopes to raise in excess of a million bucks. So that's that's a good thing. It opened in 1984. Trump's former casino was closed in 2014 and has fallen into such a state of disrepair. The demolition <laughs> work will begin earlier this year. The well, remainder of the structure. I, 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 don't, I don't understand why the, that uh, they didn't just take it apart immediately once it was. I mean, why would it just sit? I mean, that, 
Atlantic well, City's had had some issues, you know, for about fifty years. Sometimes uh, you don't have to our... even have the money to get rid of stuff. Sometimes you yeah, don't have the money I to even tear right. shit down. I mean, I was I, I went to this this concert. I went to the the Spectrum in Philadelphia to see Pearl Jam. It was the last shows the Pearl Jam played there. I think it was '09. Mm-hmm. And in in true Philadelphia fashion, I think it took them a couple of years before they were able to get rid of the Spectrum. <laughs> they didn't have the money to even get rid of that. And by the yeah, way, but it, it, was, it didn't it didn't look like no, this. but it was a piece of shit. There was right. leaks in the roof and there was water right. falling. But again, scene, like, yeah, but no, no, nobody was. It, it just well, didn't quite it was, mad. It wasn't well, the same thing. No, by Philadelphia standards, it wasn't an ice store. I'll give you that. <laughs> no, <laughs> and, and, and Philadelphia was still a tourist attraction. Exactly. You know, Liberty Bell. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. it says here it closed in 2014, one of four Atlantic City casinos to shut down that year, followed by another former Trump casino. That was the Taj Mahal in 2016. That property has since reopened as the Hard Rock. There you go. The third casino Trump used to own there, Trump Marina, was sold to the Texas billionaire Tillman Fertitta. That was the family that used to own UFC, Brad, the Fertitta family, before they sold it. And now it is the Golden Nugget. So, yes, they're they're auctioning off, and the mayor thinks he can get a million bucks and give it to the Boys and Girls Club. By far, one of the greatest things that Donald Trump has ever done for charity in his entire life. The charity is actually going to get the money this time, so that's kind of nice. Hmm. It looks like we're going to be near a stimulus deal, Brad, and this might include uh, direct payment checks to Americans of six, planet $600, which sounds not that great to me, but at least it's something. $600 might keep a family off the streets for another month, huh? Yeah, that's about it. The the, the fact that we're, we're at this point, and this is considered something, and I guess it is, but it's not much more than nothing. But the important thing is, and again, we talked about this last week and the week before, and I'm sticking with it. The Democrats should say this deal is the Republicans saying defund the police because, yeah. in yeah. effect, it does that. Very little, if any, money goes to state and local governments. They don't want to have yeah. any part of that. Don't want to reward those those uh, big blue commie cities that are uh, ruining America. So, so can we talk about that? Can we talk about the blue state bailout, which is what it has been termed by Mitch McConnell and a bunch of other asshole idiots? Can we can they, we talk they, about that? They're, they're not still saying that right they, now. They, though, they're right? still running that up and down the field, and there are a lot of mayors and a lot of people, a lot of governors in those states that are like, I don't know what you're talking about. Would you quit that? That's stupid. And they continue to run that one up and down the field. Mitch McConnell, see, they they started, I think, at three trillion. The Democrats went down to two trillion. I think they're going to end up around eight hundred, nine hundred billion for this one. Yeah. And I think the Democrats have been willing to go down with the hope that perhaps they can win the Senate races in Georgia, take control of the Senate, and then when Joe Biden is president, and by the way, he will be president in just a few weeks. Um, well, they'll go back to you. According to you. They'll go back and they'll get more because there will be an appetite among the American people for like, I, I don't know. You gave me an amuse-bouche with that $600 check, but I, I kind of need more. And there are a lot of businesses, obviously, that are hurting. You know, they're talking about all of these restaurants that are going to be closing and many of them permanently. This is why I say that it's going to be so cheap to borrow money in this country for a long time unless something terrible happens because we're going to need people to buy houses, start businesses and do things like that. So the incentive for having the money being cheap to borrow has to be there for quite a while, right? Just to try to recover. Well, so what? That's that's like that's like Donald Trump saying, uh, how come nobody thanks me because gasoline is so cheap? Mm-hmm. Well, the reason nobody thanks you is because the reason gasoline is so cheap is because nobody's going anywhere and nobody's using any of it. So it just piles up. So they have to cut the price 
to to uh, uh, meet the fact that there's oversupply. See, Donald, here's the deal. Right now, too much gas, not enough coronavirus vaccine. Right. Too much gas, not enough coronavirus vaccine. And remember, the two most difficult things to get your hands on right now for Christmas are the coronavirus vaccine from Moderna or Pfizer or a PlayStation 5. Can't get it. Yeah. Just, just, just impossible. Possible. We're going to see people. Are we going to see people getting into fist fights outside of uh, health departments, much like they're getting outside in fist fights outside of WalMarts for the PS5? Well, I, I don't know what's going to happen. And, and, and again, uh, uh, if you want to talk about when America was great, let's make America great again. My recollection, and I was a, just a, a, a kid. I mean, I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was probably in kindergarten. Okay. When, uh, uh, when, when I got. Uh, the, the the polio vaccine. Now I was born in '55, and, right. and I think that's when it started to roll out pretty right. quick. So I mean, I got it. But my, I, I believe, if you look at the history books, what happened was uh, we had a a president then. He was a general during World War II, right. and he knew how to organize things. And he kind of gave an order from the top when. Uh, Jonas Salk and Albert Sabin uh, perfected the polio vaccine. And you know what happened? You know what? I've, everybody lined up at their elementary school. I mean, they had it distributed all over the country, and people lined up. And, and Eisenhower said, God damn it, just take it. And you know what? Everybody took it. There was no anti-vax movement. Jenny McCarthy hadn't been born yet. That was the original. That was the original Nike. Just do it. Just do it. That's what I just do it. And and, uh, you want to talk about how far away we are from that model right now. Uh, The current coronavirus vaccines are political issues, right? We have a a segment of the country that that is not interested in it. I don't want to take it. You take it first. I'm going to wait. All these kind of things. And then if if two people have a reaction, an allergic, oh, see, it doesn't even. And in the the time that we're talking about this reaction, you know, 20 more people died across the country from coronavirus. But we're going to sweat it out and wait a little bit longer because two people out of the now probably hundreds of thousands who've already taken it had an allergic reaction from which they are fully recovered from very, very quickly, mm-hmm. but it gets blown up into a thing. And, and you know what? I guarantee you during the polio vaccine distribution, yep. there were people that had sure. reactions. And, sure. and you know what? God damn it. Line up and take it. That's what was said then. Well, That's if, what if, you have, said if you then. have a history of having, you know, severe reactions to certain things, yes, you're going to have a, a severe reaction. I think any doctor would tell you that if you haven't had a history of that, then the chances are really good. You're not gonna. And that's what's happening to a lot of Americans right now. I did. It was curious that Pfizer didn't seem to count the number of doses. Now you've seen the story now that they said there's five doses per vial. And they're like, no, 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 it might be seven. There might be seven. In there. Well, <laughs> so we may actually, which is a good, good news. We have, we have a, very way, I, I believe that's an example. I don't know whether that was intentional or not, but that's about um, under promising and over delivering. I think awesome. this might be the ultimate example of that. However, to be fair and to uh, tie this back to what we uh, spoke of 15 minutes ago, how is it that when you buy marijuana, they always get the measurement right? 
They never give you more. They never give you less than you pay for. But with, with the vaccine, well, we thought it would uh, uh, fill up five syringes. Turns out seven. Right. Are you are you telling me that 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 an international uh, uh, multinational in business for 400 years company couldn't figure out when they put the shit in the bottle whether it was going to be divisible by five or six well, they're great. or seven. Look, I, mean, I kind of I like the story because it works in our favor. If it was the other way, oh, yeah. then you, you, would, you would have a real, real scam. It's a good mistake to have. I mean, it's like they, this is this is a record for rolling out a vaccine. I think mumps was four years, right? I think I saw that mumps was four. This was 11 months. So they're really great at getting the vaccine. They just, they just suck at counting. Apparently, they're not that great at math. They're fantastic at science, but their math really sucks ass as far yeah, now, as that goes. Now, there, there's, a, uh, there's a column today in the, in the Times that, again, compares uh, where we are uh, with what happened in the 1950s with the polio vaccine. And, um, of course, the, the, the fact of the matter is that the research – had been going on for 10, 15, 20 years into these kinds of vaccines, this platform that could be adjusted and built. And that's what's been going on for the last 10 months by all these drug companies. And and good for them. They did great work. But again, this is like the Internet. It was government money that helped seed the research. National Institutes of Health created these platforms years ago. Government scientists and now private industry jumps in, as they should, because they've got the wherewithal to, to, to finish the job and get it done. And it, and it sounds great. The column makes the point that this is really convenient for the image of the drug companies right now, because who wants to bash Big Pharma when they're going to save the world, right? Well, right now they're good, right? Uh, because and and it's uh, real helpful for Purdue Pharma, the OxyContin people, to take the heat off of them at least from a PR standpoint. Because uh, yeah, that was bad, but the opioid crisis that was two years ago. Uh, we're moving on. But the the the, the other point that's made, and I, I think we talked about this. This is about saving the world. It is. This isn't about saving the shareholders, and this isn't about uh, uh, saving the salaries of anybody that works. This is about saving the world, and there should be limited, if no, patent protection on these vaccines, and they should be sharing that, I think, with all the other drug companies around the world that have plants that could be producing this vaccine in massive numbers so that we have enough in two or three weeks to just fucking kill it, to just get it done. Because to to limit it to just these companies, you're seeing, you know, at, at, at best, you're hearing, well, maybe late spring it'll be at the point where you'll just be able to go over to cvs and there won't be a line around the block and you'll simply go and be able to get a shot but every minute that goes by that you know millions and millions and tens of and billions aren't produced people are dying and the virus continues to spread and uh with the polio vaccine albert saban and jonas salk completely gave up any patent rights they had and said, let it go. Let it save the world. Mm-hmm. And I know we're in a much more litigious society. Things are not the same as they were in the 50s. I'm not saying that we could do it exactly the same way. Right. But um, in the end, 
you know, we are we are victims of of our own greed here, even in this moment where things seem to be working correctly because the the uh, vaccine was developed uh, several months quicker than everyone thought. I mean, conventional wisdom was it wasn't going to be until at least the middle of 2021. That's why 11 months, I mean, is is a remarkable. It's fast. I mean, that, you, there's no way anybody could have predicted that. But it, it's fast. But as you know, it's not fast enough. No, not I their know. fault. But no, I'm because saying because you know, people we, are dying because people right, are dying at the rate right. of 3000 a day. So, right. yeah, I mean, because because we had such inept leadership from the top, mm-hmm. from that guy, we're in this position where, yes, good news is we've got a vaccine. Uh, bad news is uh, we've got a vaccine, but everybody can't have it yet. And a hundred thousand, two hundred, who knows how many hundreds of thousands of people are going to die in the interim until there is uh, enough immunity spread around uh, the country, which is going to be difficult because of the the, the political and the resistance forces that are that are out there. I mean, it's Uh, just Vice Vice President Pence, uh, it is said, will take the vaccine uh, on Friday. If he gets an allergic reaction, Brad, do you think he might have some sort of severe reaction that might turn him straight? Are you afraid of this? You, you said he's gay. <laughs> Any, everybody, you who's gay? Always, everybody who's always that adamantly anti-gay and homophobic, they always turn out to be gay. Like every oh, single time. Okay. Every well, single time. Well, no, not not everybody that's anti-gay Almost is gay. Everybody who's like no, just a lot of famous. There's a lot of famous case, but but they're they're not all gay. I would say that it's almost assured that this guy, he can't be this adamantly anti-gay and homophobic without being gay. And I'm I'm just afraid if he has a severe, it, by the way, it's said that Joe Biden, who will be president of the United States, I think in 35 days. No, I made your book. <laughs> Joe Biden is expected to get the vaccine as soon as next week. And uh, there's more about that thing that you mentioned yesterday about that 27-year-old agreement that may prevent Donald Trump from living at Mar-a-Lago. And that saves the people at Mar-a-Lago something. That's that's a blessing for them, right? There's no more news on it, though. That's that. No, there, there's there's nothing, nothing that's advanced. That, that thing is continuing to matriculate. Hopefully, the guys at the right wing news network. Hopefully, at One America, they'll be able to have a. You know, See, I, I have this. I have this idea because uh, we're always trying to combine topics that we talk about. Uh, it's sad that uh, uh, Donald Trump doesn't have enough money to uh, buy back the Taj Mahal, the Hulk, the the wreckage of the Taj Mahal, because he needs a place to live, right? right. He does. He, he, he may Very not much. have anywhere to go on the 21st of January. And I think it would be fitting. Uh, we don't have to indict him. We don't have to throw him in jail. He should have to live the rest of his life poor because he's millions, billions maybe in debt. So he has no money. So he should have to live in that building, that that burned out disaster that's just concrete and, and nothingness, right? And and they should uh, get him a couple of those 55-gallon drums that you see that they light and uh, the fire comes out the top. And that's how you keep warm in the winter. It's cold in Atlantic City in the winter. And he should be huddling with his family there. And they can cook hot dogs over the fire. They cook marshmallows <laughs> over the fire. And that's how he should live, as a homeless hobo at his own defunct property. That's, that's, my, that's my vision. That's my hope for the world. That's my hope for 2021. Isn't that nice? It's nice. Isn't that nice? BradandBrit.com.